Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. Welcome to Law and Reality. I'm your host today, Brian Small. It is a beautiful, beautiful day, right? Doesn't matter whether it's snowing, whether it's sunny, whether it's cloudy, whether it's raining. It's a beautiful day. You know why? Because we're in the new year already, and we've put 2018 behind us. So what we've got to do is figure out what the fixes are for 2019. With that, today we're going to talk about what happens if you're facing a foreclosure. How do you fix it? How do you stop it? How do you protect yourself and your family? With me today, my co-host, Jenny Lingo. Jenny, how are you today? Hi, Brian. I'm doing well. Good to be here on this beautiful day, even if we can't see outside from the studio. Um, that is the point of saying whether it's sunny, <laughs> whether it's raining, whether it's snowy, whether it's... Uh, uh, yeah, there's no windows in the studio, I folks. guess it can be whatever we want it to be. Just That's use right. your imagination. Well, you're here, so there's a ray of sunshine oh, in the studio. Oh, yes, Brian. Um, did everybody choke on that? I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Brian, Brian, Brian. So... Let's let's dig right in. You're, you're facing a foreclosure. How, so, do you, how do you know you're facing foreclosure, Brian? Well, let's start off with if you're the homeowner and you're not paying your mortgage, you're going to get a foreclosure notice. Okay. About how long after you stop paying your mortgage or stop being able to pay the, the full amount uh, before you receive a notice relating to foreclosure? So you can get foreclosed, though, for failure to pay your mortgage payments. The taxing authorities can foreclose on you for failing to pay your property taxes. A reverse mortgage company can fail can foreclose on you for failing to pay your property taxes and homeowner's insurance that you're supposed to maintain under the terms of the mortgage. So what you've got going on is, how do you know? It depends on the type of thing that you're being foreclosed for. But the most common one that we're seeing is people that have fallen behind on their mortgage. Under Reg X, and they cannot foreclose, the lender cannot foreclose unless you have fallen at least four months behind on your mortgage payment. But if you're four months in a day, that notice can go on your door. So what do you do when you, what should you do, Brian, when you when you realize you're, you're 60 days going on 90 days behind in your mortgage? What what to expect and what should you well, do? Well, I don't, I don't want this to sound like a commercial, but what you should darn well do is pick up the phone and call me. The longer you wait, the, the greater the likelihood that you're not going to be able to fix the problem. So, Brian, I, I heard my house was going to, going for sale, that there's a foreclosure sale that it's set, but, but I contacted my mortgage company and I, I talked to Mrs. Smith on the phone and she she was really nice. She said, oh, honey, don't worry about it. We'll send out some paperwork and we'll get this settled. Oh, that's right. That's called the lender is is interested in trying to save you from going into foreclosure, sort of. Not really. Oh, no, not at all. But what they're really doing is they'll send you out a loss mitigation package, otherwise known as a loan modification package. What they're trying to do is see if you financially qualify in some capacity to put yourself in a position where the lender will voluntarily eliminate your arrearage that you owe and rewrite your mortgage either at 
a longer period of time, a lower interest rate, a lower interest rate and a longer period of time. Maybe they'll put some of the principal on the back end so that it's balloons at the end of the mortgage 25 years from now. They've or maybe got- your house will go up for sale while you're working with Mrs. Smith and she's telling you not to worry about it. Well, that's really what is going to happen. I mean, oftentimes, Brian, I think what what happens is when you get a a letter from one of the law firms. And And it's not just a letter. They post stuff on your door. They rubber band it to your front door uh, handle. They tape it to the front door. You get this thing posted on your door that says, hi, we're the law firm. It might come from Trot Law. It might come from Potestivo. It might come from Orleans. It might come from any other law firm. Those are the, the three that I just mentioned are three of the biggest players in the foreclosure market today. And what happens is they post this notice. And how much time do you have? You have four and a half weeks from the time that they post the notice on your door until the time they're going to sheriff sale. And so at this point, Brian, is, is this when people start to say that there's there's strangers wandering around their lawn and trying to look into their windows because they've been made aware that there is going to be a sale? Oh, that's that's the, the, the funny thing is, is like all of a sudden you get calls from from realtors and from people that want to buy your house from you because and they'll show up on your on your door knocking at your door saying, hey, we can help you. Well, it depends on the type of help you want. The reality is, is that you have four and a half weeks from the time of that publication of that notice of foreclosure to fix it. So, Brian, what uh, clearly, you know, writing a check to 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 clear up the balance would, would fix it. But most people are in this situation because they don't have the money to do that. Right. So, what so other let's options? call it. Let's, well, let's let's go through the legal options. Option number one, you get a reinstatement quote. Now, what is that reinstatement quote? That is you you seek out the lender. And you say, hi, how much do I owe you to bring my loan current? And you say, will you take payments over time? No, that's a loan modification. Fill out all that paperwork and cross your fingers and hope that they'll do it for you. But they won't. Not in enough time. You don't have enough time at four and a half weeks to get a loan modification done. So they say, write us a cashier's check for $14,630. That's to the lender and write another check for $2,000 to the law firm that's doing the foreclosure and you can keep your house. And by the way, your next payment's due February 1st. Well, clearly, Brian, most people have got themselves into the situation isn't because they just forgot to put the check in the mail. So, so what other options do they have available to stop the foreclosure? Well, you start, let's, let's do a loan modification. Come on. All right. So if we do a loan modification, Brian, um, is that something you advise people do by themselves? Because I know that I've seen oftentimes people come to me and say, well, I thought I was doing a loan modification um, and I was told by the loan modification, don't don't worry about it. But yet my house still went went to sale. And now I'm told that I need to be out in six months. So let's start off with Brian's theory on banks. Not necessarily everyone's theory on banks, but Brian's theory on banks. Banks are the source of all evil period. Banks will lie to you and tell you everything's going to be all right. Well, Brian, I don't necessarily want to say that in my previous example, Mrs. Smith that's trying to help you is lying to you, but oftentimes the people that you're working with don't really know what happens. So, they, they only process the loan modification. They're not in control of what the law firms are doing. So here's, here's what happens. You are, if you're 30 days behind on your mortgage, it possibly is a good idea to seek a loan modification at that point. If you're 60 days behind, 
it might be a good idea to seek a loan modification. When you've reached the point where they've put the foreclosure notice on your door, you can try it. I've seen it done. If you send in a full package, complete and accurate. Five times. In 24 hours, because (laughs) the problem is, is that no matter what you think, you think you've got them every document that they need, they will come back and tell you that you're missing something. And Brian, oftentimes it's it's so bad that you, you've sent it in because I know we used to do this and, and all I would do, they would say that I didn't have a complete uh, loan modification package until my sixth submission. However, I wouldn't actually have submitted anything different by time six. It's just they'll go through the packet and say you're missing X, Y, and Z and I'll resend X, Y, and Z from my original package. There then it's ABC. To, there <laughs> were stories during the heyday of loan modifications where they were coming in at such a pace that allegedly, off the record, quote unquote, banks were shredding the documents that were coming through the door because they couldn't handle the mail. I believe it because I heard it from somebody that worked there. Right. So you are relying upon the weakest link in the system to give you a modification that they're not required to do. In fact, When the Home Affordable Modification Program expired at the end of 2016, that was the last time the government required anybody to do a loan modification. Now, the paperwork all still looks the same. You submit the same budgets. You submit the same expenses. The lender actually has greater latitude to give you a loan modification now than they did uh, three years ago. That being said, they don't have to. Back then, it was, is it more worthwhile for the lender to foreclose than it is for them to modify the mortgage? Well, and it felt to me, Brian, that the whole loan modification uh, process was actually because the banks had such a high inventory of foreclosed homes that it was financially in their benefit. They weren't doing it to be nice to the homeowners. And that was when your house was worth less than what you owed on it. Right. But now, it is quite often more worthwhile for the bank to foreclose than it is for them to modify your mortgage. And I think it's important to point that out because I have a lot of people that will say, well, my friend did a loan modification three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, and and everything went great. It's kind of a a different playing field. Uh, When the banks were going to get back your home but couldn't resell it for what was owed on it, it made more sense for them uh, to work with you. But now, if they can take back the home and it's worth more than you're owed, then it's probably making more economical sense for them to not work with you. So I think you have to look uh, not just at how how things were done or how you, you knew friends or family members did things back when the initial crash, you have to look at what's going on now to see what type of benefits you think you're going to be able to get. You know, the funny thing is, is that people in who are facing, a, and I don't want to say funny as in like it's amusing, haha. No, this is just reality. People who are facing a foreclosure will look to the brightest star that's out there, which is usually some sort of commercial or somebody has this great if you're behind in your house call a foreclosure prevention firm and we'll get you hooked up with a specialist in the area that can help you prevent being foreclosed no they can't no no they can't it's not the way it works it there there was a time where these companies had resources to put together loan modifications and get things done because the banks were willing to postpone the foreclosure while the process was going on. Today, they've postponed nothing. (laughs) 
When they get a note, when you get a notice of foreclosure on your on your on your door, four and a half weeks before the foreclosure sale, it's too darn so, late. So Brian, if I do nothing and my house goes goes for sale and I'm still living in the house, what happens next? Ah. How long did you intend to live there? Well, it doesn't matter how long you intended to live there. <laughs> you get under Michigan law, if you're foreclosed by advertisement, you get six months to live in your house. Unless you had more than 50% equity in your home, in which case you get a year. At the end of that six month period, it's called the right you have a during that period of six months, you have a right of redemption. That means that whatever the house sold for by the sheriff on the county steps is what you have to pay to get your house back. So if your house sold, you owed $200,000 on your mortgage, and it sold for $140,000, you have to write a check for $140,000 within that six-month period. A lot of people say, oh, that's great. I got an opportunity to buy my house back for less than I owed on it. True statement. True statement. Problem is, where, who's writing the check for $140,000? <laughs> <laughs> Not many people, you, if you had had that resource in the first place, you probably wouldn't have let the house go into foreclosure. So it's the telling tale is, is that most people that lose their house to foreclosure move out of their house six months later. Right. So the six months is your right of redemption is over. You've, you're not able to come up with the money and you're not in a position to, to sell it to someone else for more and walk away. Um, you're, you're kind of put yourself in a position where maybe that was the plan all along was to live there for six months for free. But Brian, what if I really want to keep my house and let's well, back you're... up in time? They just posted the notice. Now what? You got time. So what do I do? Well, according to the the uh, foreclosure prevention company, you seek a loan modification. But according to Brian, I, w- I want to seek don't, an attorney. I, you, I don't yeah, want to. You don't call. have enough. You don't have enough time at four and a half weeks before the foreclosure sale to effectuate a loan modification unless you've already been in the process of seeking one in the first place. So what do you need to do? You need to do one of three things. You need to reinstate your mortgage by writing a check. Money okay. falls from the sky. Okay. Okay, well, chicken little, you know, the sky is falling, but it doesn't, it doesn't, that's not going to happen. So what other opportunities are there? You could sell the house between now and the time of your foreclosure sale, perfectly legitimate, but you're not keeping your house then. Right. So I said you I want to keep, keep your it. house. I want to keep it, Brian. And you don't have the money to reinstate. Correct. And you're not going to, and you don't have enough time to seek a loan modification. Yep. That seems to be the situation yeah. I'm in, Brian. What, what do I do? File chapter 13 bankruptcy. And when do I file? Before or after the sale? You must file. So what is? let's start off with what does Chapter 13 do? Chapter 13 is structured reorganization over time where you repay some or all of your creditors, some or all of the money you owe them over three to five years. And isn't that the bankruptcy that a lot of these large corporations file for? In a similar, they'll do the Chapter 11, the reorganization that everybody says yeah. is, it was so yeah. smart of them to do and shred their debt. But yet, Sure, Chrysler, uh, General Motors. Uh, uh, Visteon, Northwest Airlines. The airlines is what I was thinking American of. Airlines, who filed with $3 billion in the bank so that they could break their unions. The, 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 the bottom line is, is yes, reorganization on a uh, consumer scale is Chapter 13 bankruptcy. It's available to the individual who's behind, who needs to restructure. If the bank, you know... You, you, you lost your job for four months. You fell behind on the mortgage. But you got a new job. If the bank would just work with you, you wouldn't need to do anything. But they won't. 
So, Brian, if I file a Chapter 13, how long do I have to catch up on my mortgage? Well, if you don't file, you've got until the day before the sheriff's sale to reinstate your mortgage. Okay. Which could be as long as four and a half weeks from the time that they post. If you don't have that money, then you have up to five years to catch yourself up through Chapter 13. That Chapter 13, when you file it, it's going to restructure and reorganize your past due property taxes if you're behind, your past due mortgage payments, your water bill. It's going to take care of your past due utilities. It's going to take care of your past due credit cards. It's going to pay everybody in order of importance. And do you know what the most important creditor is in the situation? Well, I'm, I'm going to hope, since this person wants to keep their house, that it's, it's the mortgage company. Well, besides your attorney, of course. The reality is is that the house is the most important creditor. So we pay the creditors that exist in order of importance. House first, car second, IRS third, hospital bills, credit cards, and everybody else last. And when I mean last, I mean that if there isn't enough money to get them any money, you can still have a successful Chapter 13 that restructures your property taxes, restructures your rearage on your house, takes care of the IRS, takes care of the state of Michigan, and pays Visa and MasterCard nothing. Okay, so I have another question for you, Brian. So I'm behind on my house. Let's say I didn't have any credit card debt. I don't have any property tax issues or other issues. Um, I lost my job or had a medical issue, but back on track. I'm four or five months behind on the mortgage. I go into the Chapter 13. Do I have to stay in it for the full five years? No, you don't. No. I mean, it, it may be recommended to stay in it for the full five years, but... One, you can end a case early in Chapter 13 if you pay everybody that you owed money. So in my 100%. example, I just owed the mortgage company. Right. That was and the that only happens a lot behind. of times that, that we'll have somebody who's just got their mortgage and maybe a little bit of property tax money that they're behind. And what they're waiting for is that bonus that they were supposed to get in January that isn't coming until April. Or the commission on the, the, the big deal that they had going on. And if they just had the bank had just been willing to wait, they wouldn't have had to go into the Chapter 13. But literally, you can get yourself out of it if you have the ability then to reinstate your mortgage and bring it current. Even if you had 60 months in the Chapter 13, you could do it in six weeks. But you, what the most important thing the Chapter 13 does is it stops the foreclosure sale. It cancels it. It doesn't say... Oh, I'm gonna think about right, because, stopping it. It stops it. it in cold blood, so to speak. Right, because what I think we need to point out is after the foreclosure sale has occurred, you're no longer just waiting for the bonus or the commission to catch yourself up. You're now waiting to write a check for the full amount of the bid at the sheriff's sale, which is usually going to be significantly higher than how far behind you are in your mortgage. And usually the the the, the party that bids at the sheriff's sale is the lender anyway. They're, they're, they're going to bid. Uh, these days, they're bid, back to bidding close to what's owed, if not bidding what's owed. Well, it's funny you say that, Brian, because all of the ones that I've seen lately, and it may just be the ones that pop up on my desk, they've been third parties. Third party bidders, yes. Third because, parties, yeah. Yep. They're, they're, they're bidding more than what's owed on the, on, on the mortgage. They, they feel that the property is worth more than what they're buying it for and 
Yeah. And they're willing to wait the six months to, to wait it out, assuming that you're not going to be able to redeem the property. Because a lot of people are confused. They say, well, I, I want to go buy these properties at sheriff's sale. I bought them. Well, now I own it. Correct? No. Well, you that, have to wait until after the redemption period it, is over. It's funny because the, the places you're starting to see that happening more and more are, realistically, the third-party bidders inside the city of Detroit. Like tremendous numbers in the Corktown area. You see, they know where the property is located when they're bidding on it. They know which property they're buying. They're not just buying houses. Well, they may not have been inside it, but uh, I hear a lot of the bidders are telling me that they they know the area. They know what they want to do with the property. They visited the house and at least seen there, the structure. There was, there was an article in the paper not too long ago about a, a guy that bought a piece of property out of foreclosure uh a number of years ago in the Corktown area, I think he paid $200,000 for it. He just sold it for $1.3 million. Wow. So, you know, so there's I think a we lot might of speculators. And, and the Chinese more. are buying a lot of the properties uh, in foreclosure, too. So that's where the third-party bidders are coming from. Speculators, people that think that they can make money again off of uh, even you. They'll Your house gets foreclosed. They'll come back to you, and they'll offer to lease the space out to you again. So if you want to keep your house, though, the best thing you can do is do something that stops the foreclosure before it happens. Once it's happened, your options are very, very limited. But by stopping the foreclosure through Chapter 13, taking the time to repay what you owe over a three to five year period instead of the bank demanding that you pay it back uh, in 14 days because that's all you've got left, it gives you some breathing room. Is it a perfect solution? No, it's not. You know why? Because it relies upon your ability to make a payment every single month, period, until the house is current. And as we all know, life seems to happen, which gets us back to talking about what you need to do to put yourself in a position so that you can weather the storm. What do you need to do? Well, cash is king. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it, to, I'll say it next week too. You've got to put enough cash away in the bank so that you have the ability to weather the storm, weather the coming recession, weather the stock market dropping, weather getting unemployed, you know, and, and getting laid off. I mean, goodness knows, everybody says the economy is phenomenal right now, yet General Motors and, and Ford are, are uh, either shutting down plants or giving people buyouts. The only one that you don't hear too much about right now is Chrysler, but uh, they're sitting on a wad of cash, and they're they're making a ton of dough. So the, the key is, is that what you've got to do is protect yourself, just like all these other companies. If you think about it, General Motors is laying people off when they are, and shutting down plants when they're making monumental profit. Why are they doing that? Because they want to continue to make monumental profit and put cash in the bank. So why shouldn't you, as the individual consumer, take the same attitude and do what's necessary to put cash in the bank? Protect yourself. Protect your family. If that means that you need to file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy to eliminate your debt or a Chapter 13 bankruptcy to restructure your debt and make it all affordable, then that's what you should do. But what you shouldn't do is let your house to go into foreclosure unless you're planning on moving out. Unless you want to, because if you want to fight it, 
you want to even if you're planning on on moving out i like to see people prior to when the notice is posted so we have all of the options even if at the end of the day you decide that you're gonna uh, walk away from the house or you're gonna try and come up with the money I'll i'll give you a great example about that so i just met with a client yesterday who the plan is is that they need to get rid of their 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 house they can't afford it anymore well, they can't afford it. They can't afford to live in it physically anymore. He can't walk steps anymore. It's a two-story home. It's they've, They can't utilize the house. He is literally sleeping in the dining room because he can't walk up steps. So they're, they owe more on the house than it's worth. His credit's still good. Her credit's okay. So you know what we're going to... I suggested... I suggested that they consider renting out that property that they're in and buying another property. Now, they're going to go look into doing that. At the end of the day, if they buy that new property and they and the rental doesn't come through and they can't, then we at least have a, a, a way of they're in a new property and I have the ability to get rid of the other debt. Right, but they wouldn't have had that option had it gone to sale because no. they just said, we can't afford right. this, we Which can't live where here, we're moving. He originally came in and said, we're just going to let the house go and we're going to rent someplace. I said, but you have better choices. You Where your house is, you can rent it for significantly more than your mortgage payment. And you know, we looked at different opportunities. And that's the key. When you think you're in a financial crisis or you're headed towards one, Talking to somebody who does this every day gives you an opportunity to find a different solution. Yes, we're talking about Chapter 13 to save the house right now. But if you get on the the, the issues early enough and get the advice early enough, you might not need a bankruptcy. You might need to just put yourself in a position where you're renting your house out and you move to something smaller, more affordable, easier access for you. Opportunity, the sooner you Come in. The sooner you talk to us about your situation, the greater the opportunities that exist. Now, before we continue, though, need to talk about opportunities that are coming up for you. So Wednesday, February 6, 2018, from 6, not 2018, 2019. I'm going to do that for a while. I've been writing uh, all my checks out, and I kept putting 18 and scribbling out the 8 and making it a 9. Um, Wednesday, February 6, 2019, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. What you need to know when it comes to your family to do an estate plan and protect your family. That wasn't quite what Ken wrote down here. (laughs) I could try it again. What you need to know when it comes to your estate plan and protecting your family. There we go. That's better, Brian. I I think so. We're going to do an estate planning seminar. We're going to talk about the essential elements of an estate plan, the documents you must have while you're alive, Those would be like the power of attorney and the patient advocate. The documents you must have when you're dead, or at least your estate has to have when you're dead. The power of uh, the the will and the trust. How to address a probate issue. Okay, if you have a probate fight, how to deal with it. If you want to avoid probate, how to deal with it. All the attendees of the seminar will get a $300 gold certificate off the cost of an estate plan. And Brian, I, I think you need to mention that the seminars are free. It's, it's They are free. Great information uh, in, a, in a compact seminar specifically on what, what you're going to need in, in your estate plan. You want to sign up for that seminar at thavgross.com, lawandreality.com, or call us at 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-4357. Now, if you don't have time to come to the seminar on the 6th of February, but you still want the advice, 
give us a call. We'll get you in for a free consultation. We do free consultations on debt issues, tax issues, estate planning, business issues, elder law issues with our own Pat Samasco, Social Security disability issues with Jeffrey Kirshner. And if you have a criminal law issue and an Internet law issue, our very own Corey Silverstein will be happy to talk to you and see what we, he can do to help. The bottom line is just give us a call at 888-235-HELP, and uh, we'll be happy to help you out. And, of course, remember to watch the TV version of Law & Reality every Sunday at 11 a.m. on TV20. That's TV20, 11 a.m. on Sundays. Yes, I know you're all out doing something or going to church, so use your DVR and watch us in the afternoon when you're back home. All right, Jenny, we got about a minute and a half left. Did you know that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is no more? <laughs> Unfortunately, I did know that, Brian. <laughs> so so the, not only does the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau not have any power anywhere, anymore because of Mick Mulvaney, who basically said, we're not out, we're not going to do anything to protect the consumers. But Mick actually changed the name of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to the, let's find this, the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection, which I would like to tell you folks, for the average consumer listening out there, means absolutely nothing to you because it doesn't do anything. It's a powerless entity that will not help you anymore, which comes back to the point where... I say, if you want help, if you're facing a financial trauma, if you're facing a foreclosure, you need to help yourself. Don't hide from it. Don't hide your head in the sand. Call. Sit down with me. I'll figure out a solution for you. We'll help you save the home. In the meantime, keep listening to Law & Reality on this station every week. We're giving you lots of good stuff, lots of good advice. Have a great week. Happy New Year again, although we're into the middle of the new year. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Law and Reality.